is the Under Center Podcast. Um, let's move on then to the NFC South. Um, we'll go through these guys a little quicker as well. Um, we'll start off with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defending uh, NFC South champions. Kind of a strange offseason for them. Of course, with the Tom Brady retiring, then unretiring thing. The uh, Bruce Arians retirement replaced by Todd Bowles. I had my views on it. I've said on the show numerous times that I didn't like the hire myself. Um, they brought in Julio Jones, Russell Gage, Akeem Hicks, just to name a few. It's interesting on the offensive line, though, for them. They've lost some big pieces on the offensive line this year. Most notably, Alex Kappa, who went to the Bengals, uh, Ali Marpet, who retired. And then in training camp, they lost their center, Ryan Jensen. Now, there is some hope he will be back at some stage during the year, but he still is going to miss a number uh, of weeks. I still see them as the favorite of this division, but I don't know if this is the roster that's going to make Rodgers supposed last year in the NFL the year that he wants it to be. Um, so uh, that that wide receiver core is tasty with Godwin, Evans, Julio, and Russell Gage. It just means that someone's going to be unhappy because they're not getting the ball. So we'll see if the harmony stays uh, friendly in camp. But uh, Ray, I'll start with you on this one. How are you feeling about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers heading into this season? Yeah, I think of any year that they're going to be dethroned as the number one team in the NFC South, it's going to be this year. Um, Across the board, they haven't lost a whole lot of talent, but they have lost talent in some very key positions, right? So, as you mentioned, the offensive line, they've lost their three starting interior linemen. That's going to change a lot of things. They've also lost their head coach, which is going to throw things up in the air. I just think they're just a little bit in turmoil at the moment. Uh, We saw Brady miss most of camp. Um, So, yeah, maybe they're there for toppling this year. Uh, But we we just need to see. Uh, This whole division is pretty up in the air. Yeah, I mean, if there's any year that's the the year that's going to break Tom Brady's back, it's certainly going to be this year. Um, He's... If he's going to retire, it'll have to be after this year because no offensive line to protect him. He's just going to be have to rush that ball. Even though he's got quality wide receivers out, he's going to have no time to get the, the ball to any of them unless he gets something fixed on that offensive line for him. And then the Todd Bowles, that's a defensive guy. How is he going to stick with is it? It's the same offensive coordinator for him. Is he still going to have that kind of power as he did before? Who knows? Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I think you're right, Rhi. I think that uh, this is the year that they could be, maybe not the NFC South champions. But again, it's gonna be. It's still Tom Brady. We can't disregard him completely. So um, I still think that team is one or two in, in, in that division. I still think they have enough, especially on offense, to win that division. But if there is a team that is going to take the title off them, that is probably the New Orleans Saints. Um, Jake, I'm going to start with you first on this one. How are you feeling about the New Orleans Saints? Yeah, I'm okay with them. I mean, I'm, I don't think they're a quality team, really. I think they're okay. Um, certainly got still got some good pieces. I'm not sure how Michael Thomas is doing. I believe he wasn't really doing a lot in the offseason, but that's just um, what I've been reading about him. And then Jameis Winston, he's still Jameis Winston. He's still 30 for 30, so 
I don't know. They released Ian Book, didn't they? Uh, I don't know how that season's going to go for them. I don't think they're Super Bowl bound. I don't even think they're playoff bound, to be honest there. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure at all. Yeah, 100%. Another team in turmoil at the moment, uh, having you know lost Sean Payton very surprisingly during the offseason uh, to retirement. But um, yeah, I just don't see this team succeeding. The, the, the players they brought in, I love Chris Olave, but the likes of Jarvis Landry on the outside, you know, he's had his injury issues. Um, I've heard rumors that he's not the most well-liked guy in a lot of locker rooms that he goes into. Um, so I, I don't really see them being a competitor. You know, Carolina beat the brakes off them last year. Um and I think they're probably going to have a tough time, particularly within the division this year, uh, versus Carolina and Tampa Bay. And that's, you know, four of your games over the course of a, whatever it is, 18-game season. Yeah. Yeah, you guys covered a lot of points I was going to say as well, with the likes of, obviously we said Sean Payton is gone this year. Dennis Allen comes in, a former defensive coordinator. One thing that we will know for sure is that the defense will continue to sort of, perform at a high level he will not allow their quality to drop they do have players that will take the ball away from you they obviously lost and um, one of their prime cornerbacks in in um constantly chauncey gardner um moving to the uh, eagles this week chris olave is interesting and you mentioned that uh three and two he is someone that i'm going to really like seeing in the nfl for a wide receiver core group that you know, was struggling um, with names these last few years, especially in Drew Brees' last few years. It was Michael Thomas or no one. Now they seem to have more players there, which is good. Um, I'm sure they're delighted that Alvin Kamara will not face suspension this season anyway. Um, so he is free to play all 17 games. Um, the likes of Marcus May and Tyron Matthew as well going into that defense are going to be interesting. Playing in the um, playing in the backfield is going to make things very, very interesting. You know, it's it's kind of hard to put my finger on what the Saints are going to do. Like you mentioned, like if we saw like even go back to the last the start of last season, their first game, they completely obliterated. The Green Bay Packers, like I think it was like 38 to 3 or something like that, with Jameis Winston throwing like four touchdown passes. And then there was other games where he just struggled like those games against the Panthers. So it, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um I don't know what it's going to be like offensively now without Sean Payton. Um I don't know, but we'll have to we'll have to just wait and see with with the Saints. They're kind of a, a a strange one there for me, and I don't know what exactly they can do to sort of um, not what they can do. We know what they can do, but we don't know what they will do. I should say, um, this coming season. We'll move on to the Carolina Panthers, and same as that is your team, Rain. I'm gonna let you take the ball and run with it on this one. I'm going to use one of your favorite phrases, Dara. Sleeper team. Big time sleeper team. <laughs> you know what the over-under is on the Panthers? Five and a half wins. Right. The, uh, the Panthers, I'm looking at 10 wins this season, and that's mainly down to the addition of Baker Mayfield. Last season, the only things that they were missing was a healthy Christian McCaffrey and a quarterback who could deal the ball out. Their wide receivers are popping this season. They've improved the O-line. 
significantly. I mean, now we're talking about uh, Dennis Daly just got dealt to the Tennessee Titans for like a seventh round pick or something stupid. Like this guy was a starter last season. Now he is totally and utterly useless to the Carolina Panthers. That's how good they've made this O-line now. And then you flip it over to the defensive side of the ball. They had the second ranked defense across the league last season. And I think they've only done bits to add to that, right? They drafted that linebacker. They improved that linebacker in the uh, in the free agency market. Uh, JC Horn is back at corner. Uh, CJ Henderson looks to be fitting into his role at that team way more than he did at Jacksonville. Uh, I can only say good things about the Carolina Panthers this year. Yeah, I think before, actually, sorry, before we get go into, I just want to ask you one question on top of of before on top of your reaction to to Rain's view on the Panthers. Um, Is Matt Rule starting this year in the hot seat? Yes, absolutely. Uh, If this team doesn't get the ten wins that Ray has promised us, um, I think that is going to be a really, really hot seat that we might have to start standing up from. Um, I think uh, ten wins is a bit of an ambitious win, uh, win loss ratio for yourself, uh, Ray, because um, I think you're just rose tinted glasses or Carolina blue tinted glasses that you're wearing. Um, Now, I'm guilty of it myself. Don't, don't, don't forget that, but. the addition of Baker Mayfield, I think that five and a half win total is uh, it's ridiculous. That can't be right because the Giants are slated to win seven and a half, and that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So uh, I certainly think you'll get the six wings, wins, maybe eight, something like that, but um, I can't see 10. I, I do like the Baker Mayfield addition. I do like um, the Iki Aquanu pick at, um, what was it, six or something like that this year. I think that's really going to strengthen you guys up. If Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy, that really changes that whole that whole team, but that's only if he can stay healthy. Yeah, right. And I think I think going back to the win-loss uh, over-under, I think most of that comes down to the strength of schedule this year. It is really, really strong teams that Carolina have to face throughout. It's the AFC North. That's the one with KC and Denver and all those, no. right? No. AFC North is the Steelers and Ravens and Bengals. Right, so it's the AFC West. Okay. East? West. West. Yeah. West. Look, they, have to, the they, have to play, they have to play the division of death, as it were, uh, <laughs> along with a lot of other strong, stronger NFC teams. So, yeah, difficult schedule. Any other year, I think this would be the Carolina Panthers' year to make a strong showing in the playoffs. And I think if they make it to the playoffs this season... Uh, even with it, with that you know strong schedule, they will make an impact. It's not going to be an easy win for somebody if they make it in as a wild card uh, this season. Um, I okay, that's cool. But um, I'm gonna have to correct you a little bit there. Unfortunately, you're not playing the AFC West this year. You're playing the NFC West this year. NFC West still a strong division. So- that's the Seahawks, 49ers, Cardinals. But you yeah. so um but you were correct, you are facing the AFC North. So that's okay. Steelers, Ravens, um, Bengals and Browns. So of course, right. because okay. the week one game is the Baker Mayfield revenge game against the Browns, which is going to it be interesting. Indeed. But yeah. like that, I think I agree with a lot of what you were saying, and Reen, I, I agree with. 
a lot of what you were saying there. Um, felt the way that I have now set sleeper team as a thing now, which is great. First of all, but um, yeah, it, it, for me, it all revolves around Christian McCaffrey and whether or not he can stay fit. He hasn't for the last two years. Um, so much of that offense runs through him. Um, I don't. The defense I like, I like that. JC Horn was one player, especially that I really liked when he first was in the team. The injury, obviously, you know, just awful, and that he, he ruined what was going to be a rookie team. Um, sorry, I jumped jumped out there a little bit. Um, I sorry, I'll just go back quickly. I mentioned that I was talking about the defense. I like JC Horn. He, you know, injury what was going to be a promising rookie season. Um, like I said, I, I asked you, Jake, about the Matt Real thing because I feel like he is really on the hot seat there. I think he is probably one of the coaches closest to losing. Um, I'm again. Oh, I'm back again. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. I'm just talking about uh, Matt Hor- Matt Rule, I should say, and I feel like he is the on the hot seat in NFL at the moment. Um, I think with some poor. Uh, previous years, and I think if he doesn't get a plus 500 record, I'm going to say this year, if it's not at least nine and eight, I'd say they're going to move on from um, Reen. What do you think? Yeah, look, I'd have to agree. Rule is definitely on the hot seat this year, he definitely needs to improve the win loss total. Um, 10 wins over the last two seasons is just not a number that we can be. Um, sticking to but at the same time it seems like david tepper the owner has a lot of confidence in him he's talked about a five-year plan he's also talked about a six-year plan so i don't know how long matt rule is going to get in this job um but i mean i i think he's done all of the right things this season uh to get himself in a position where he can get to that kind of 10 win mark um and throwing it back to what you said about the, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey being a focal point of the offense, absolutely true with Sam Darnold or Teddy Bridgewater as your quarterback. But now that we have Baker Mayfield, who's more of a downfield threat uh, than those two quarterbacks, I think, you know, it might not end up revolving around him so much. I think the addition of Devontae Foreman in the offseason was a great take. We saw him back up. Um, who was it? Derek Henry last season came in while he was injured, had an amazing few games there. Uh, so I think he's going to, you know, compliment Chris McCaffrey that he's not going to need to touch the ball 60 times a game. Okay, fair enough. I will we'll move on then to our last team this evening, and that's the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Jake, you're the one that talked about wanting to blow up the team in Atlanta, not actually physically, metaphorically. Um, I'll let you go first on this one. How you uh, how are you viewing the job that the uh, GM have done with this with the roster this off season? I think the moves they made are a year too late. Personally speaking, they should have gotten rid of Matt Ryan a year ago. Instead of drafting Kyle Pitts, they should have went with one of the top quarterbacks that we were all talking about in that draft. They didn't need Kyle Pitts. It was a waste of a fourth round or fourth overall pick. Um, 
I don't know. They're not going to be a good team this year. They picked up Desmond Ritter, who by all accounts seems pretty decent, but he's not going to be the starting quarterback, at least in the immediate future. They have Marcus Mariota there, Kyle Pitts, and then um, I can't remember the wide receiver that they have also, but it is going to be a Drake dangerous game. Drake, yeah, yeah, Drake London as well. I think that was a bit... Why, again, why not pick someone that's going to benefit your team in the long term, uh, someone in the trenches, someone like a, a tackle or something like that? I think it was just a bit of a, a kind of a fancy pick, but it does make them a kind of a dangerous team to defend against. Uh, they've got Marcus Mariota's leg, Drake London, Kyle Pitts were all big, strong targets. Um, and I just, I, I don't know how I feel about them. I, I don't think they're going to win anything, but they're certainly not going to be low enough to be picking up one of these uh, top quarterbacks next year, which they'll probably need to do if Desmond Ritter doesn't pan out. Yeah, I kind of agree with you there. I'd kind of agree with you there, Jake. Um, I think this team are going to be a little bit too dangerous to teams to be a real uh, threat to that number one overall pick. Um, as you said, some of the decisions have been a little bit questionable. Going and getting Kyle Pitts, I understand the decision. He's a once-in-a-generation tight end with his, uh, you know, his physical traits, his ability to catch the ball. He's good in the blocking situations as well. Um, but then going out and getting Drake London as well this year after he refused to put a 40 time uh, on tape, that just worries me a little bit. I don't know if he's going to have the speed or the release uh, to be a dominant wide receiver in this league. I understand he's a big guy, you know, he'll make the contested catches. But at the end of the day, uh, the NFL is a speed league, speed kills. And I'm not sure uh, Drake London has the speed to be hundred percent successful in this league. Okay. Um there is one player though that hasn't been mentioned that I feel should be because he, he has become this really important player for, for the team, and that's Cordero Patterson. Um with Smith and his history with the Titans, um and how he had taught up you know running plays and schemes for someone like Derrick Henry, you know, Cordero Patterson is his Derrick Henry. And I think he he's used them very effectively last year. I think he's going to try and do the same again this year, whether as wide receiver or running back. Um, I, I'd love to know what they think about this though, but of course, Marcus Mariota is probably going to be the starting QB. Do you think he'll still be the starting QB come week 18 though? Yeah, no, I don't know. It depends how that team fares throughout the the couple of like first say quarter of the season. If they're winning a couple of games, they'll obviously keep Marcus Mariota in. But when they start to lose games, that season's gone out of hand, gone out of reach. They have to obviously see what they have in Desmond uh, Desmond Ritter because otherwise, what was the point in drafting him? Yeah, it's really going to come down to basically how they value uh, redshirting. Ritter versus getting him into some game situations. We've seen QBs in the past be introduced into game situations a little bit too quickly in teams where there really isn't enough talent to help him and encourage him to get better. So I don't want to see that for Desmond Ritter. I can see it being kind of a week eight changeover if they do go, say, two and six or one and seven in those first eight weeks. I can see Ritter coming in in week eight. And really, I don't think that's the time that you should be bringing him in. Obviously, this guy has a little bit of talent to him, but I think throwing him in after eight weeks of redshirting is just, uh, 
it's not going to be a good idea idea for his development or for the team in general. Yep. Sorry. Uh, the internet is acting up a lot this evening now. Um, I was going to ask one more question before we wrap it up with the with the Ritter and Mariota aspect here. If it is the if it is the scenario like Rain you mentioned there, um, it, team staff one and seven or two and six. Do you think? Not your head, because we we've we've heard from you guys whether you'd like him or not. But would you think that Arthur Smith would put Ritter in, or do you think that he would keep rolling with Mario, looking at draft position? Yeah, I don't know. I I'd see that I can see them putting in Desmond Ritter even for small spells, quarters here or there, something like that. Um, I don't think I don't see Arthur Smith playing solely for draft position, but I don't know the guy, so you never know how he's going to actually pan out. But most of these guys just want to win, and if they're not winning Mariota, they're probably going to try win with someone else. But I think the question there is as well, you know, who who actually is going to be the qu- better quarterback, right? So if they do put in Desmond Ritter in Week Eight, are they just making that as kind of a knee jerk reaction? You know, we see fans getting involved. We saw it happen with the uh, the Justin Fields start after week eight when he got drafted in Chicago. Um, are they really going to be more successful with Desmond Ritter? I don't think so. Are they going to be less successful with Desmond Ritter? I also don't think so. These two quarterbacks are two totally different guys. Um, and I think the success is more so going to come on the defensive side of the ball and the talent that's around the quarterbacks. Okay, well, I think that's a perfect place to end this because we can't risk my internet going off anymore. Um, this uh, this has uh, been our AFC uh, South and NFC South uh, preview show. Uh, Rian and Jake, thank you so much as always. So thanks for having us. Um, we will be back later this week. Uh, this weekend, we were going to be looking at the uh, last two divisions. Of course, that's the AFC and NFC North. Um, and then next week we will have a bumper show for you looking ahead to the start of the season make sure you are are staying glued I should say to our socials that is at undercenterpod on Twitter the same on Instagram Instagram at undercenterpod Uh, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel as well undercenterpodcast and the same for the audio side under center podcast. Make sure you are subscribed to that too. But like I said, this is a uh, perfect place to end tonight's show. Uh, thank you for listening and watching. Stay safe and we will see you soon.